Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan, the man you were all here to see to get his take on the NFL Combine, the guy who was watching it with those Eagles' eyes of his. So uh, I can tell Coach will have some great insights into the NFL Combine. And we have uh, next week we have spring practice starting. And the, on the 14th will be the first day of spring practice, and then the 15th is pro day. So the guys that uh, impressed in – uh, Indianapolis will get a chance to impress again in Athens. And some guys who didn't get to go to Indianapolis will get to make their case to be drafted by the NFL coaches and uh, GMs and scouts who will be uh, descending upon the Classic City next Wednesday. Uh, Coach, I'm going to go straight to you. You watched, I know you watched hours and hours and hours of the drills and the testing and stuff like that. Uh, I thought some guys had standout performances. It felt like another infomercial for the University of Georgia. Uh, at the same time, some guys maybe didn't test as high as we thought they would. So let me get your uh, overall impressions, and then we'll hit some of these guys individually. Yeah, it, just from a complete uh, impression, uh, it was just uh, astounding the way these guys performed under pressure. I mean, you know, everybody in the football world's looking at you, and you got to deliver. And uh, some of them just out of sight. Others, you know, maybe press a little. But, uh, that's why you have the tape, and that's why you have the, uh, uh, you know, the pro day coming up here on uh, next Wednesday to, to maybe make up for something that you had a deficiency in. But uh, I would just say, uh, listening to uh, all the different uh, experts up there, they were all wowed by Georgia, and certainly, uh, you know, we got enough about Anthony Richardson for sure. Uh, he certainly, he certainly took took the bull by the horns. And uh, you know, the one thing that I hear about Anthony that I don't think a lot of our fans, you know, you know, it's a typical Georgia Florida thing. But uh, from what I understand, you know, he comes from a single mom, and he's a really good kid too, and really smart. So uh, hopefully that'll help him along with all his physical tools. Certainly, he didn't have a good supporting cast last year, and there's a, all the reasons to think that he won't make it, but. There's all the reasons to make you make you think you will, particularly with the NFL like it is now with all the RPOs and you seeing Hurts and and Mahomes and these guys that are so athletic doing extremely well. But uh, started off right off the bat with Nolan Smith just uh, knocking everybody to his knees and uh, to their knees, and then just continued. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, I thought Darnell did everything humanly possible to uh, show why he uh, really has so much going for him. And people don't realize that his best trade as a blocker right now will even help him even more. Uh, Stetson, I thought, really performed well. I mean, he's going up there right after, uh, uh, you know, throwing at the same time with Stroud and uh, Levi's and hanging right with him, particularly on the deep balls. Uh, I think from talking to a couple NFL guys and to a couple head coaches, he really did extremely well on the interviews, particularly on the football acumen, which I knew he would because, you know, he's like a coach on the field. So it's just a real testimony to Kirby, the way he prepares these guys, to Scott Sinclair, the way he puts them through all these drills, and uh, 
to all our coaches and everybody involved here to have that many guys go from uh, Isaiah McKenzie 2016, one guy drafted in the third or fourth round to, to all these guys, and it's going to continue. Like I said last week, this freshman class we got stacked up, so uh, just keep it on trucking. A couple NFL just dates of note and things happening in their roster management. These quarterbacks you're talking about, Coach, they're heavily affected by what's happening with Derek Carr now signing with the Saints. And then the franchise tag deadline is today. And so if Lamar Jackson gets the franchise tag, it looks like he'll be with Todd Munkin for a year. And that doesn't mean that they can't draft people later on to be backups for them. But for these kind of first-round guys, those first four, it could impact decisions from those teams. Yeah, you make a good point. I've kept up with the uh, NFL this morning here because of uh, Lamar, and supposedly he's put out that he wants to be traded. So if he does, then, uh, you know, they're going to get a pretty good deal there. I mean, they're going to get – if they put the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag on them, they'd get two first-round draft choices. If they put the uh, exclusive, then uh, they'll just have to – trade and, and get somebody, but, uh, or it could just trade him without even franchising him. But, uh, you know, the team that's waiting for everybody, uh, the Jets, see what, uh, what they think will happen with Aaron Rodgers. And certainly I think, uh, Carr going to, with all of our favorite people around here about the Falcons, that certainly enhances the saints, but, uh, Carr never has even won a playoff game, but in eight years, but he has, played with some really bad defenses and a lot of different head coaches. So I think he, he's definitely a, a really good player, but $150 million. I mean, that's a lot of money for a guy that's never won a playoff game. That is. Uh, I was looking at some of the Georgia guys. Uh, uh, I know I'll get Dane's thoughts here in a minute because he and uh, Brent broke down some of the combine performances. I thought Stetson Bennett, when we were watching the deep throws, you know, that's always been a thing. He can't throw deep. He can throw those short out routes. He can throw the – which, hell, some of his screens were worse than his deep balls in, in his career. But I loved his – I thought of all the deep balls, he had the best ones. Anthony Richardson threw well. I, I left the thing thinking Anthony Richardson's a good kid. I, I enjoyed talking to him. Uh, but I thought Stetson silenced a lot of doubters, especially with the velocity on, on his balls. Then Broderick Jones goes out there and runs the fastest time of any uh, lineman – and no one Smith's was the would have was his 40 time was faster than all but six wide receivers. It's just some of those uh, the impressions these guys left was huge. And then of course Darnell Washington, uh it look he looked like a man among boys. And these are guys that are supposed to be drafted, coach. They're you're out there with the best of the best tight ends. And he he really looked uh, like an all pro compared to some of those guys. And I'm not I thought Kuntz was great. Uh, Mayor of Notre Dame looks really good. There are some great uh, tight ends out there, but he just yeah. And that Kincaid wow. kid from Utah, Kuntz, yeah, Kuntz, I can he, he, he wasn't even there. So, uh, and uh, just to thank Darnell there with with Gilbert and Bowers. I mean, uh, I mean, Gilbert goes out there next year. He'll test out very similar, but uh, a real tribute to. Uh, Todd Hartley and the fact that that uh, kid from uh, Miami looked good too, that Mallory kid, he, he recruited him. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he, he continues to uh, just get good players in there. You know, we got Sperling, uh, Sperling and uh, Lawson Lucky, and, uh, you know, we're, we're just continuing to 
And what happens is you see these guys doing that well on the field and uh, coming up to the combine. That just enhances your tight end recruiting the more you uh, see these guys out in public like that. Roddy, I know you got to do a lot of networking up at the combine with different people. Uh, I'm sure the reputation of Georgia players is something you get asked about a lot from these NFL folks. Did you get a lot of that last week? They did, actually. Uh, a lot of guys – they, they, it started out in years past going up there. They're like, so tell me about this kid. I don't know him, you know, the kid from Georgia. And they didn't know what Georgia players brought to it. You know, as Coach points out, when you only have one guy going, you know, years ago, and then, then maybe three, then maybe two, then five, something like that. But when you have 15 and they all get to the NFL and are successful, you see how they did. Uh, the – Questions are no longer about, you know, what's the atmosphere like at Georgia? What's, you know, what's the, how they play, how do they play? It becomes real specific. So I had a head coach turn to me uh, at one point. He says, that, that quarterback at Georgia, he's just a winner, right? I'm like, yeah, he is just a winner. It's, uh, and so he wanted to know more about Stetson. And uh, he said, he's, he's, a, he's a bit small. And I said, well, he is. He says, it's hard to win in the NFL if you're small. I said, yeah, but he goes, he just gets it done. And I thought, man, that's that was the perfect summation of Stetson Bennett. He's a bit smaller, but he gets it done. And that's an NFL head coach who's been focused all on the NFL and is just now turning his attention to the uh, the players out there. Uh, right. That's a really good point because so many people uh, just get what they get in the press. And yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really smart by uh, Bryce Young and his agent or whoever's talking to him not to throw with those other guys and be compared to, to because he's just a different type passer than uh, he's not an overwhelming arm strength guy. Like, uh, you know, like you see with, with some of these guys and he, he you know, has some uh, limits with his size. So uh, just going out there and looking at him compared to Stroud and Richardson and Levis would, would make people think, well, Hey, look, this guy, as compared to when he goes to his own pro day and you see him throw and you look at all the, the things that he does. And what we're going to see here uh, uh, without me being the general manager like our own Dane Young here is I just think we're going to see a lot of trading in the first round. If I'm the, if I'm the, uh, the Bears, you know, I might trade twice in the first round just to get what I want as far as future draft picks, because there's so many teams that need quarterbacks. They've got three teams there, you know, that just really, you know, you got situation there with the uh, Colts and the uh, Panthers, uh, you know, uh, and also uh, just other teams. I mean, they're saying that maybe the, the Lions might take one because golf has such a big contract and, that all runs into the deal. And then all of a sudden, if Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore, what are they going to do? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo right now, to me, is going to every Italian restaurant in uh, in San Francisco thing. And, man, I can't wait till some this all happens because he's a winner and he's shown so much. And somebody's going to pay him some big money uh, here in the next few weeks. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the big name in, in free agency as far as I'm concerned. 
I do want to mention a couple of former dogs at the Combine, though, because this is going to happen more and more as, as players transfer in and out. But uh, Tyreek Stevenson is going to get drafted pretty high in this NFL draft, probably second, third round. And then, Coach, what Matt Landers did at that Combine was pretty crazy. Like, I knew he was fast. I didn't know he was that fast. Well, I didn't show him catching any balls, though. I mean, that's <laughs> oh, thing. Coach, come uh, on. I like Matt. I like Matt. But, uh, <laughs> that's rude. You know, I wouldn't want him to carry something down the steps for me and, and count on him not dropping it. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> and I, I, that's about as much as I'm going to bust him. I know. I know you're busting. He, he you let us down. And I tell you, our coaching let us down at the end of that one Florida game when we threw the ball to him like five or six straight times when we had a chance to maybe come back the the first year that Stetson got hurt. But uh, Matt, more power to him. He made as much out of his career as he could. He went over to Toledo and did okay, and he did some good things for, for Arkansas. But uh, good speed, there's no question about it. And I thought uh, – Unlike Brenton Cox. Cox uh, looked like he had a piano on his back running <laughs> compared to uh, – Nolan, they showed a deal about Nolan or somebody made it, you know, Cox, the difference between those two. But, uh, you know, can you just think about that one room we had with, uh, you know, all those guys there five years, four years ago with Lanning? I mean, just unbelievable group of guys. And same thing uh, Daniel Jeremiah pointed out to me. I talked to him several times during the draft name drop here, but I did talk to him and he said four years now, for the last four or five years, uh, Georgia's had a left tackle go. Isaiah win, you know, and then uh, and Thomas, and then uh, last year Salyer, and now Broderick Jones. I mean, that's a real testimony to uh, offensive line with three different offensive line coaches. So uh, pretty impressive there. Yeah, the uh, the coach I was talking to, I was, you know, he said he was just now getting around to knowing who some of these guys were. You know, and he actually asked me, um, you know, I rank them. Who's the first guy you take off that team? I said, well, Jalen Carter. Then no question in my mind. He's like, who's the second guy? I'm like, Darnell Washington. I know there's some good guys out there, but Darnell it would be my guy, you know. And this was before Darnell went out and had that crazy day. Like an hour later, we were watching him do all the crazy jumps and stuff, you know, catches and all that stuff. But then it got a little harder. We said, all right, who's the third guy? And I'll, and I'll stop asking him. I'm like, no, you can ask me all you want because I'm talking to a head coach. We, we talk all night. But I said, oh, that's t- – I mean, if you need a cornerback, there's Keeley, but Nolan Smith. I'll take Nolan if you've got the right defensive coordinator or, you know, Stetson Bennett. I'm like, that, like you – I mean, I t- you took his own words and put them back to him. I said, uh, you know, you, you want a guy who's just going to win? Stetson will win games. And this was before, you know uh, – I think Stetson could do it. I didn't realize he was going to throw that well. I hadn't seen that part of it. But the uh, I thought the interesting thing was, you know, he he's asking, he's hit me up for all this stuff, kind of insider information about the dogs because we cover them. But I said, Coach, the guy you need to watch next year is Brock Bowers. He goes, oh, I already know all about Brock. <laughs> I checked to see if he could come out this year. <laughs> I was like, oh. So you don't – you're not that familiar with uh, Stetson or Keely Ringo or uh, Broderick Jones, the left tackle that's going to go in the first 20 picks. But, by God, you know Brock Bowers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's good. And I think, you know, the thing about the draft that I've always learned for, for a long time is it's kind of like going to the grocery store. You go in there for specific needs. Your team has specific needs based on 
of what you have coming back and what you're going to lose in free agency. And, uh, you know, that's, that's always, that's what one thing they've done with the salary cap here is they've made it easier for a team to all of a sudden be competitive as compared to just comparing, counting on the draft, you know, like in the old days or, uh, so it's, it's a real kind of like college football with the portal and, and all the things that we're involved with, the same thing's true with, with the pro team and the roster management and the cap, you know, the way they, they take this money. And, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting this morning, this, this guy was making this comparison that that guy that's the uh, kind of jack of all trades for the, uh, for the saints, the one that played at. Uh, oh, uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah. Taysom. He and Lamar Jackson have made it almost within a hundred thousand dollars. Have been in the league, and they've made the same amount of money. Lamar Jackson's only lost sixteen games as a quarterback, and uh, it's just you—you you just don't know what the deal's going to be. But uh, they're going to be driving the Brinks truck up to him if all of a sudden he's a unrestricted free agent, or he—you he, know—they put him as a as a uh, unrestricted franchise type deal but uh we, we're here to talk about georgia guys and let and answer some questions and but i know roddy wants to talk about a couple of our sponsors here before we get going here i do before mm-hmm. I, I, I don't lose my thought about uh what dane brought up about two former players i thought it was very interesting that Tariq stevenson said that he's still in a group text with all the georgia players and when they won the title he was crying for him he was so happy for him and he reached out to him and uh, he really pulled for him He's Man. probably crying because he's in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that part of it, but yeah. But it was neat that uh, lost to, they lost to uh, Middle, Tennessee. Middle Tennessee State last year. Yeah. So that was interesting. Uh, Matt Landers, you know, we kind of joke, uh, teasing him. Uh, Matt's a good guy. He was. He said he was also happy for George as well. But I thought it was interesting that when we asked some of the play at uh, the Georgia players, when did you know when you got to Georgia that it was different? And it was Chris Smith who said that, oh, man, Matt Landers killed me. He ran by me. Every, I could start out as a cornerback. So he just burned me over and over and over again. <laughs> he said, I just I couldn't I couldn't keep up with it. So I thought that that was a nice uh, moment from Chris Smith to uh, honor another former uh, player who's actually at the uh, NFL Combine to give him some props. So that was kind of nice. But if you want to be, do something proper and you want to give uh, – someone in your family, a, a nice time or a good recommendation, tell them about your pie. Tell them about Pie Day. It's coming up uh, one week, uh, 314. It's the 14th, 15th, and 16th. You get $3.14, i.e. pie, 3.14, off of any pizza at any of their locations. It's a huge deal. Uh, it, the pizzas aren't that expensive, so this is a fantastic deal. And you can have it made any way you like. So you go to the Europe location. You can also order it on the app. I recommend ordering it on the app and then going and picking it up or walking in and saying, yeah, you can eat it there. You can have it delivered, uh, take out. Because if you do it on the app, you get points. And the points turn into free pizzas, free breadsticks, free gelato, free drinks. Uh, if you do it on a Tuesday and you, it doesn't have, you don't have to eat it today, you can order it on Tuesday to be picked up some other time. You get double points. So don't forget next week when Pi Day rolls around, order on the app. You can pick it up some other time and it'll be set for you. All right. Also, I mention our friends at Dead Soxy. Dead Soxy, uh, they, uh, 
this is a company that is so well loved by our readers at ugasports.com and the readers on the Ole Miss message board and the readers of the Tennessee board and the readers at uh, the South Carolina board. They, I've seen multiple people on multiple sites say, I will not buy any other socks than what I can get from dead socks. And the reason being, they're incredibly comfortable. They have the true state technology. They don't slide down. If you have big fat calves like I do, you know, you put on socks and they're cutting off the circulation or they slide down and you're constantly picking, dealing with them. Get dead socks. They're comfortable. They're incredibly soft. And you won't have to keep constantly bending over to pull your damn socks up. So hit up our friends at Dead Socks when you get a chance. Use promo code UGA Sports to get a 20% discount. We have a few questions in our YouTube chat about players at the combine. So I want to throw these at you real fast, Coach Don, and to uh, make sure that these folks that watch us every week feel included. This is from Jason Kennebrew. Do you think that Kyrus Jackson gets drafted? I think he deserves a shot. He has a valuable skill set as a slot guy, but then also as a special teams player. Yeah, I think he'll be a late draft. I didn't see him do any of the drills. I, I, the only thing I saw him do was just run. But uh, did, did he not do the catching drills, right? I didn't see him. I thought I thought he did yeah. like the broad jump, but not the vertical. It was, yeah, it was odd. He, he like, might have had some kind of a leg injury. But uh, the thing that he brings to the that that so many of these skilled people do. If we go back to many of our shows early on, Kirby likes to get the freshmen involved with the. Uh, special team so they can get some game action and then keep their whistles wet a little bit as far as morale. And then all of a sudden maybe bring them in late in some of the games in position. And the thing about Karras, he can return punts, kickoffs, cover punts, cover kickoffs, uh, is a good uh, possession type receiver. And you see around the league, the slot guy is really paramount because everybody, uh, got their best corners on the outside guys and you can work on these uh, stars or, or nickel guys. And he's a good route runner. He understands passing concepts and uh, he's very physically tough. And he's very much a, uh, uh, to give you a little bit about his personal characteristic. He was the guy chosen by uh, uh, out of everybody in the athletic association as the uh, athlete that represented the other athletes on the, uh, uh, athletic board so he's got good people skills he can articulate and he'd be a good team member i think he'll get drafted maybe late late round i'm pretty sure i talked talked to the giants guy about him one of the scouts and they asked something about him and i said look that kid is pound for ten pound one of the toughest i've ever covered so if you're looking at what five ten five eleven you know you're you're worried about that guy and the smaller guys getting hurt in the nfl like Take years. He'll be fine. Phil Rogers on Facebook asked, do y'all think that Stetson Bennett could end up with Coach Munkin and the Ravens? Well, certainly if he gets down to a, a later round pick, uh, you know, I think Munkin would, would love to have him because he knows his system and he could help the other quarterbacks uh, as far as developing uh, good knowledge of it. But, uh, but at the same time, they're going to go with what their needs are and who they want and, uh, but it, it, I'm sure Todd will be invaluable talking to uh, all the scouting people there, Eric DaCosta, the general manager, and uh, Ozzie Newsom, the vice president of personnel, who used to be the general manager, about the players in particular, not only in at, at Georgia, but the ones in the league, the SEC, the way they can uh, – I know when I talked to Doug Marone last year when he went back to uh, coach with the uh, – Same drop. With, with the Saints. No, <laughs> 
that uh, <laughs> after coaching a year at Alabama, he had a, a lot more knowledge of what the uh, SEC players could do and help them with the draft. But the uh, team didn't play that great. But he, it does help you to know uh, there's nothing like playing against these guys and watching the tape on them as compared to, you know, all of a sudden here between February and April, all of a sudden trying to just learn everything you can about these guys. The one thing I like about the pros that uh, that they that they started doing is the uh, particularly for the higher draft choices. You know, you've got the the position, the scouts that have the area, and then you have the head scout, and they look at the guys. But if a guy is going to be a first rounder, then they'll send the position coach to to each guy's. Uh, either to their uh, pro day or just to meet with them to see how they feel like they'll fit in because it is a big deal. I mean, you, these getting drafted in the first, second round is huge. Yeah. Uh, Coach, will the other teams still reach out to Todd Munkin and say, hey, can you tell me about Roderick Jones? Can you tell me about Kyrus Jackson? Can you tell me about, you know, these players? You're talking about the other teams like the Colts? Yeah, the, the other NFL teams reach out to him because he was the offensive coordinator. He was at Georgia. I mean, you, there could be could be some of that. I, I mean, you see some of that in college when you play a team and another team calls you and asks you about them. It just depends on whether you you really know the guy or not. I mean, uh, if the guy's calling you on your cell phone, you probably know him. If the guy's calling you at the office, you probably don't. <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm not here. Question for Antoine Sampson, watching us down uh, in Columbus. He's watching on YouTube. He asked a few. I'm going to go with the last one that he asked. Do you think Darnell Washington is a first-round pick? And it sounds like Antoine would even be happy if the Falcons put Darnell with Kyle Pitts and Drake London to have some fire, firepower. I think that's probably a little early for Darnell for with the Falcons pick, but uh, I see why that's enticing. I think the thing that hurts Darnell – he's definitely first round pick, but there's other tight ends involved. And just, you know, is he going to be the first tight end taken? Because, you know, there's, you know, we've got Kincaid who's really got humongous stats from uh, out there in Utah. And then you also got Mayer who really did a great job at Notre Dame. So they just have being the focal point. They just have so many, like, like uh, Kincaid caught 16 passes in one game last year. So, but Darnell, if they look at the total deal of the of the blocking and the uh, you know catch radius and the the agility, uh, the one thing that was overwhelming for him was the cone drill where he ran the fastest time. And for a guy to be that tall and that angular and to start and stop that quickly in such a small space is just spectacular. And it shows you the kind of uh, skill that he has. And the way he's learned to handle his frame, you know, one of the hardest things about teaching a, a long leap, uh, guy is how to bend. Uh, you know, a lot of times you'll catch a pass and instead of bending from the waist down, you'll just stick your arms down. You know, you got to be like a shortstop. You got to bend from the waist down and get down with him. And then Hartley did a good job with a lot of drills with, with him. So I would say unequivocally, I would take him before anybody else, but he, he's got some, he probably has as many good players uh, at his position as Ringo does at corner. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that, that Gonzalez guy who's from uh, Oregon. Uh, Oregon, and then you got uh, the young blood or whatever his name was from uh, that did that was not full speed there, but from Illinois. Illinois has got two DBs, but 
uh, Ringo uh, did well with his running. I didn't think he jumped quite as high as I thought he would, but, uh, um, you know, Ringo gets with the right team. I mean, he's a bigger guy and, uh, it's just, uh, amazing how these, you hear about the background of these, this Gonzalez guy was recruited by, uh, Tyson Summers, a guy that used to work here was the head coach at Georgia Southern. He was recruited to, uh, uh, Colorado by him. And then, and then their uh, secondary coach went to call from Colorado to Oregon with Dan Lanning and he got this kid to come with him. And now he's a first round draft choice. I mean, you look at all the draft choices that Oregon has, you mean they're that old lineman that, uh, you know, they got a good back. They got a lot of good players. It's easy to see why they've been winning. That's for sure. It's funny. We asked a lot of the players, what was your best game? What game would you show NFL scouts? Chris Smith, uh, Darnell Washington, and Broderick Jones all said the Oregon game. So I'm like, yeah, you went, you kicked the butts of a lot of top players. So Edson should too. Uh, let me just remember uh, one thing that, that I never will forget the, the week before the Oregon game. I just happened to be over there getting some treatment and I saw uh, Todd Munkin and the, uh, hallway walking i said what do you think about this game he said hey coach it's just like going to a saturday scrimmage he said we know everything they're going to do of course they know what we're going to but our kids are most prepared of any team i've ever had because we're going against the same defense they see every day in practice i mean what was it like seven for seven or something <laughs> yeah. but that was a pretty pretty uh pretty good answer he had it's the oracle at delphi right there he knew what was coming I have some good news as a producer. It is time for the return of the game show that is sweeping the state of Georgia. I think my Wi-Fi is going out. No, yours. Don't make it too hard for me. Three questions each. Who knows more about the Georgia Bulldogs, Jim Donnan or Roddy Nabolsi? We start, as always, with Coach Donnan. Coach, did you know that Kirby Smart was a really good football player in college? Where did he play college football? Uh, he played in Georgia, and I knew he was really good because I coached him. All right. One for one. Rigged. Off to Roddy now. You, you can still – look, this is an early lead for Coach. You have plenty yeah. of time to catch up. I'm coming Roddy, Roddy, which Georgia uh, – which team did Georgia lose 6 nothing to to open up the 1905 football season? Uh, Stanford. Mm, it's, it's a tough break here. Cumberland beat Georgia six to nothing. Georgia went one and five that season. That's, all right, coach, leading hey, one nothing. Dave would have got that. Uh, Patrick probably would have too. <laughs> Patrick would have too. Yeah, Patrick would would dominate this game. Uh, maybe we can bring him on to be your teammate in, in a future iteration. Yes. All right. Coach Donald's up one nothing. Second question. Coach, the University of Georgia is located in Athens, Georgia. But did you know that it was named after a European city? Which European city is Athens named for? Athens, Greece. All right. Two for two for Jim Donnan. Crazy. I don't think you've missed one on this game before. <laughs> I'm just looking at Roddy's face. 
All right, Roddy, your second question. Before current athletics director Josh Brooks was George's director of football operations, he was the director of football operations for Louisiana Monroe. Who was the head coach at Louisiana Monroe when Josh Brooks was the director of football operations? I do not know who the uh, head coach was there. Charlie Weatherby. Oh, yeah. That was, that, was, that was on the tip of my tongue the whole time. Sure. Charlie Weatherby used to be uh, offensive coordinator for Air Force Academy. I mean, see? Coach played was ready to go. Played quarterback at Oklahoma State. So you don't like him then? I like him then. <laughs> I, I like him. Right. Oh, you don't like Oklahoma State, so I just assume no. by association. All right, final question. Roddy's uh, 0 for 2, Coach is 2 for 2. Final question. Which Georgia head coach signed the defensive line class that included Richard Seymour and Josh Millard and Demetric Evans? Uh, me. <laughs> Jim Dunham, that is correct. <laughs> this is, so, you know, last time the final question for him, the answer was Jim Dunham. This is some um, SEC refs bullshit, I'm telling you. I, I, I'm going to bring this home for you, Roddy, and talk about this question uh, is about Georgia's best player for this upcoming season, Brock Bowers. Your question, Brock Bowers, what's his middle name? Superman? Touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) The NFL coach probably knew, but you did not. His last name, or his uh, middle name, excuse me, Allen, Brock Allen Bowers. So once again, that is a three to nothing victory for Coach Donnan. Yeah. That's good. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna switch gears here talking about our friends at Athens for because okay, I'm I'm not a winner of this game, but these guys are winners, and they will make you a winner if you decide to go out to Athens Ford and to purchase a vehicle from them because you will get a lifetime powertrain warranty on any new vehicle. You can't get that anywhere else. It's not every uh a situation where every Ford dealership offers that. You're like, oh, oh, I'm here in South Georgia or I'm here in uh, North Carolina or I'm in South Carolina. I'm, I'm just going to go to my local Ford dealer and get the same thing that uh, Roddy's talked about on the show. No, you have to come to Athens and go to Athens Ford to get the lifetime powertrain warranty. It's very important. There are other uh, Ford dealerships out there. I'm sure they're all very nice, but they don't offer this. This is a distinct thing that you can get from Athens Ford. You can also get it on a lot of their pre-owned vehicles. So if you're buying a certified pre-owned, it'll be there. If you're buying any of the uh, American cars, anything non-European pretty much, uh, Japanese stuff like that, you can get the lifetime powertrain warranty on a vehicle under 80,000 miles, even if someone else has owned it previously. So hit up our friends at Athens Ford. They will take great care of you. Now, uh, speaking of someone else who will take good care of you, I want to talk about our friend Andy Ludecki at MyPerfectFranchise.net. So, Let's say you want to be the boss. You want to open up a Ford dealership type thing. You know, you want to open up a, uh, a franchise. You want to open your own business. You know, you don't know how to get started. You can go online, Google franchise, Google get started. And there'll be a ton of people out there who will charge you a lot of money to try to help you get started in the franchise business. Andy doesn't charge you anything. You can text him. You can call him. You can email him. He will walk you through it. Won't cost you a dime. And he will help you uh, navigate the I don't call them choppy waters, but the confusing uh, rigmarole that comes with owning a franchise. And if you go to his website, you can learn a lot about how to, you know, the different categories. Like uh, 
Are you an owner operator? Are you a regional developer? You're a master franchisee? Are you a semi-absent franchisee? So there's 3,000 different franchises out there. Andy will help you pick out the right one. So go to myperfectfranchise.net, call Andy Ludecki. He will take care of you. Coach on campus, it's spring break. Spring football starts next week. Does the spring break before spring football make you nervous? <laughs> Just because players scatter and you yeah, don't know I what mean, they're doing. It's always, uh, it's always a little give and take. I mean, uh, you hope that the kids will do a little working out, but at the same time, it's good for them to, you know, kind of kick back and just hopefully don't get in any kind of trouble, but uh, just enjoy uh, being out with their buddies. And, uh, you know, it's just goes with uh, being in college. I mean, spring break, something everybody looks forward to. And then certainly the coaches, too, get a little uh, chance to, to kick back a little bit as well. So uh, I think it's definitely a plus uh I'm not one that likes to have practice and then take a spring break and then come back. I think the way Kirby does, it's the way to do it. Start back, you know, they'll come back, have a meeting Sunday night, run some and get, get, get ready to go and then start on Tuesday. Uh, you know, the good part about it is they can't wear pads for a couple of days. And, uh, so they go every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday for like five weeks. And, uh, the way the rules are now, you can't have but so many contact practices, which I think are good because there's been so many studies made that uh, because spring coaches weren't worried about injuries, there was a lot more uh, contact and you had more concussions in the spring. And so the uh, trainers and coaches got together and made the schedule where you could have, I think, three scrimmages and like four contact practices. And, uh, you know, it's really uh, – just a good way they're doing it now. I think it's awesome. And I think the other thing that's good is you have a coach's clinic where you bring the high school coaches in and uh, any junior college guys, and they come in and meet with the coaches and watch practice and, and do a lot of things. I remember last year, the real buzz around the practice was uh, why and Stetson Bennett running with the ones? Uh, why is uh, what's going on? And I'm telling you, Kirby sending him a message. He wasn't doing everything he needed to off the field uh, as far as classwork and all that. And so kind of embarrassing for Stetson to uh, be out there and be running with the twos. But uh, he sent him a good message. And all the coaches saw that Kirby's a real disciplinarian. I thought it was was a real good move. Other than keeping Brock Bowers in bubble wrap, I mean, is there anything that you would do this spring out of the ordinary? Because I know you've said that keeping him away from the football field may be the best thing. Yeah, there's a real fine line there. I mean, your best players, keeping them developing and all. But, uh, you know, the kid goes oh, – he's a young man. He goes 100 miles an hour. I mean, probably effort-wise as much as anybody out there. So, it's going to be hard to keep him away from uh, all the full-speed stuff. But, you know, you got to just let the other guys learn. you got three tight ends. Delp's learning, and then those other two are going to come in and get a lot of reps. So, I think uh, – it worked out pretty good last year because he had a shoulder injury and uh, Washington had a foot injury. So the younger guys like Delp and also Gilbert got a lot more reps. So uh, there's a lot of things you can do without full contact too. So um, I think they'll really protect him. I thought Roddy had a question. He, he looked pensive. No, I was agreeing with the coach there. I thought it was a, 
I'm worried about some of the guys that uh, feels like every spring we have some guy somebody gets hurt and it's just it's a physical it, game. I don't think you can no, it completely stop that, right? Like it's, it's going like, to happen. Yeah, when it's Coach just, points out, you know, there's only so many things. It's like I get it, but you know, so many guys are really busting their ass trying to, uh, you know, make a name for themselves. Uh, it, this is your chance yeah. to do it, especially I mean, with uh, some new coaches out there. You, you, these guys go a little hard. You know, you didn't get to play as much last year. Let's just say it's an open competition at the corner spot. There's the corners that are all fighting to take Akili Ringo's spot. You know, they're gonna lay some wood. You know, so. The George Pickens one was devastating and for that team. And uh, yeah. for him, I hated that one. And here's was the thing. Ball last year, too. Yeah, I think you just got a, a real fine line between, hey, back to back, what are we going to do to prove we can get another one? Or we don't go overboard to try to establish the fact that you're going to uh, work them harder and all that. Hey, you just got to be work smart and, and practice against each other. And, we got a winning formula. I mean, might be a few things you change and add, but uh, just uh, it's not broke. Don't think you don't need to change a whole lot. Amen. Let's get to some questions from our UGA uh, sports subscribers. Sean two six two three six two says, aside from personal personnel changes, what will the challenges for Mike Bobo be to replicate Todd Munkin's offense? Uh, and then he said, how long before uh, artificial intelligence is calling plays on either side of the ball? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? He said, how long before artificial intelligence is uh, calling plays on either side of the ball? Uh, that's beyond me on that one. But as far as uh, Mike, uh, one of the worst things you can ever do in, in, in any role is compare yourself to somebody else. You got to be who you are. And, uh, and you know, you've been given the range to this, uh, vehicle here. I mean, uh, you, you gotta, you, you know, the parameters. I mean, Kirby basically said publicly he wants to keep the same terminology and all, but, uh, you have uh, you've got to be ready to be your own guy, and uh, that's what he'll do. And within the framework of, like I just said, it's not broke. You don't need to change a lot, but you got to be yourself. I know when I got the Oklahoma job, there were four guys there that had been there, and uh, and all had uh, wanted to be the coordinator. And in the, the first day, all they did was talk to me about, well, we've never done it like this, and we've never done it like that. And I just said to myself, I mean, I, I've either got to be myself or I'm just going to cower to these guys like that. I mean, I'm supposed to be the leader. So I went in and talked to Switzer about it. And I said, look, uh, this is the way I want to do it. And uh, you hired me. And he went down there and told him, said, look, if I didn't want to hire any one of you guys, I'd have hired you. I hired this guy. And we're going to do what he wants to do. And uh, if you don't want to do it, you need to get your ass out of here. And that, that's the way uh, – I think it's got to be with Mike. You can't, uh, and there's going to be enough comparison uh, with with everybody once it starts. You know, well, Mike wouldn't have done this. Hey, but uh, Mike's a very, uh, very astute coach. He's a real student of the game, and uh, he'll do a tremendous job here. Question from Jacket Squasher: Which upcoming sophomores will make the biggest leap in development from 2022 to 2023? A name I've heard you say before is Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah, I just worry that Marvin's going to miss spring, you know, with the injury. But uh, he he certainly got the potential. He didn't he wasn't here for spring last year, but I think he could do that for sure. I look for Bear Alexander to continue to just massive move up 
the uh, charts, what he did between last spring and the end of the, the year was kind of like Jordan Davis. And, uh, you know, maybe a couple of these receivers, uh, you know, you might see some of these guys just jump out after they've had a chance like Dylan Bell or uh, some guys like that. So, uh, but overall, uh, there's some really good freshmen that are going to be sophomores and there's some really good high school seniors that are going to be freshmen here that are just going to jack it up. Uh, we've talked about them before. Well, big old dog wants you to keep talking about him because he says, I know coach Donald says that his mouth is watering with the war daddies in this incoming class who are maybe five or so of the names you think can make an immediate impact with this team. Well, I think Hall, Number one, right off the bat, uh, the corner, AJ. Uh, AJ uh, Harris. Uh, Joe, the kid from Connecticut, uh, Aguero. Uh, is that the way you pronounce it? Uh, as a defensive John back. John Aguero. Uh, Freeland, the offensive lineman. Uh, I think Rob, the, the kid from the West Coast running back, is going to be good. Uh, all of those guys. And then the linebackers, Allen, all of those linebackers are just – Look like Roquan. We, we got a really good group, group of linebackers, and Bowles isn't even here yet. So uh, those would be the guys that just kind of get me started there. But as I mentioned, uh, and the 19 guys that are here, we haven't had the volume of 19 guys that look like this. We've had a lot of good players here, but we've had some guys that were really needed to develop. These guys are pretty far along, and they got a long way to go for sure, but – this is an impressive-looking freshman group we got. A guy like Andrew Paul, and I know he's not the freshman in that group. He's last year. But with the injury that he had, do you encourage players that miss that first season or anything? Do you tell them to kind of treat this like they're a freshman again? Or, look, I'm just curious, like, his mentality, he's coming in, and he hasn't played in a long time. Well, here's the thing about Andrew that, that really impressed me. Throughout the fall, when he was rehabbing his knee and ACL, uh, he was working mentally, uh, going to all the meetings, which, you know, is mandatory. But he was asking a lot of questions. And he's out there with a notebook, taking notes, watching things. And uh, he's mentally with it. And if, if you're doing that, then it helps you. I remember uh, watching that Fitzgerald kid. I mean, Fitzpatrick kid, the first year – spring practice he was over here he couldn't practice but he came over and he was watching practice and he was taking notes and that that you know that to me uh you can remember a lot of things but if you make a, a, a memory with writing it down really is impressive to me so uh i've said this on the show i think andrew paul is is somebody that everybody's going to be talking about next year he can catch the ball he's tough he played in a good league out there. It was a lesser league because it was a private league. But this guy can make you miss. He's physical. He can catch the ball. He's kind of a mix between uh, Edwards and Milton. Uh, I think he's going to be huge on our team next year. From UGA alum 95, what positions, is, if any, does Coach Donna think Kirby might pursue transfers after spring? Uh, he suggests maybe pass rushing defensive end or maybe another running back. I, I don't see running back. I think they'll be happy with the five they have. Yeah, I think all of us that have interest in Georgia from the coaches on down to the fans uh, are going to be watching what happens after spring because – there's going to be some guys that look at their spots here and say, look, 
I just don't think I'm going to fit in here. And it's say goodnight, Gracie. I mean, they're going to hit the road. They're looking to play somewhere else. Fortunately for us, uh, we haven't lost anybody that, that hurt us that badly. Although we, you know, like you mentioned, Tyreek Stevenson could have helped us being the star and the nickel guy. But uh, there's going to be, you know, we lost 10 or 11 last year. And we'll, we've will we got to lose some because we're like 92 or 93 guys. you got to be down to 85 when you bring the freshmen in. So uh, it just depends on what – you might think one thing going into spring and then after practice is over, you're going to have a, a run on guys leaving at one position, and you might have to take some guys from that standpoint. But uh, right now we can't take anybody – until uh, we see who leaves. So, uh, but you're always looking for that difference maker. Uh, and, you know, it might be a kicker. Who knows? Uh, hopefully these kickers will be the guys. I just mentioned that. I don't think we're looking for a kicker, but it just depends on who stays and who produces in the spring. But uh, I wouldn't see us looking for a back at this point, but, you know, all of a sudden a couple of these backs decide they're going to go somewhere else and, then you got to get some depth and so your team can practice. Yeah, while that's happening in Athens and other places, especially some of this being some coaches that know these players super well. Like, I don't think it's a mistake that Brett Seether went to Georgia Tech. I, I think Eddie Gordon, if he gets to UAB and says, man, I, I could use some help at offensive line, well, he knows a lot of good ones. Uh, I'm not saying it would be the elite of the elite at Georgia, but he knows those guys. I think yeah, it's, that, it's that, rare that you have like a goatee that goes to Mississippi State where he's literally the only tight end on the roster at the moment. Yeah, and I, I mean, of course, his girlfriend went there to play volleyball. That didn't hurt either. So uh, yeah. uh, the lure there was good. But uh, he'll he'll play, and he, he's a good player. Uh, and and see through play for Buster. Uh, I was glad to see saw his release yesterday of some of these salaries from different places. Glad to see Buster's making seven hundred fifty thousand. Uh, that's pretty good pay for tech i thought they still had their money in over there in the cans underneath the stadium i didn't realize they were paying like that but uh buster's good good coach and uh he, he'll do a good job over there and uh they'll try to pay him in crypto coach more than likely blaylock will be going over there too you probably think uh we'll see but you gotta think dom probably gonna look at a place where he knows you know he can go in and, and help don't don't keep me to the We're wall, where I'm, and it looks like that's a, a, for for yeah. obvious reasons. But uh, we we won't hold you to that. We've also lost two uh, support people here, you know, uh, to uh, Western Kentucky that because Tyson Summers knew him from here, and uh, <coughs> one of the uh, <coughs> guys worked with the linebackers has gone to be a linebacker coach and another defensive end hall. Help Travis, uh, Trey Scott. So we lost two good guys behind the scenes there. But uh, you know that's what happens when you win. You, you got good play, good guys learning what to do, and they step up and move. If you want to step up and move, move over to Academia Brewing Company for their St. Patty's. I see a lot of green on that. Yeah, the uh, the St. Patty Day specials that they're going to have over there on the seventeenth. Uh, you got to try those out. You know, they have the uh, minty chocolate and the green mimosas, and it's uh, 
nobody does holiday celebrations quite like Academia Brewing Company, be it 4th of July, President's Day, Arbor Day. They're going to do something over there. And there's always something new. So if you go to Academia twice in the one month span or six month span, it's almost not the same restaurant. Uh, because the food changes on the menu and the beer selection always changes. And I always recommend getting a flight. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, a flight is four small pours. And they bring them to you in a barrel stave, you know, from one of the barrels they use uh, the, uh, to, to, to serve them. And you can pick four different beers, try them out. They even have wine flights. Uh, so you can try those out as well for all the different wines. But check out our friends at Academic Brewing Company. There's not a bigger Bulldog fan probably in the whole world than Matt Casey, the guy who founded the whole thing. Uh, but he knows how to have a good time. And I've seen him at the national championship games. I've seen him at the Georgia, Florida game. And that man knows how to have a good celebration. And that they always have a, now the weather's getting warmer. They'll be back to having their classic cars on Sundays and uh, the uh, bike nights and motorcycles nights. So check out our friends at Academia Brewing Company when you get the chance. Uh, speaking of when you get the chance, I want you to reach out to our friends at Prime Shrimp. It's primeshrimp.com. Use promo code UGA Sports. Get 20% off your first order. They sell frozen shrimp. They sell it's pre-seasoned, pre-peeled, uh, uh, pre-deveined. You know, it comes in a bag just like the uh, old uh, minute bags or minute rice that you used to get. Uh, it comes to you frozen with uh, either uh, insulated bag and a uh, block or dry ice. You take it out, you put it in your freezer. Then when you're ready to make shrimp and grits, you're ready to make pasta alfredo with shrimp on it. You're ready to make uh, shrimp tacos. You take it out, you drop the bag into the boiling water, four minutes, take it out, it's done. It's perfectly seasoned, fantastically uh, delicious shrimp. Try out our friends at Prime Shrimp. You will absolutely love it. The folks at UJ Sports buy, you know, two, $300 worth of shrimp at a time because it's such a good deal. So hit them up. A uh, question from Savannah Dog. Uh, any any CJ Washington update? Uh, will he be able to play again? Tough injury there, uh, you know, for the fans. You know, he had a, a neck injury last spring and uh, haven't heard anything to the contrary that he's going to play anytime soon. But, uh, you know, just not much information coming out about what, what you know, which it shouldn't be. I mean, it's it's between him and the medical staff and, and the football. So, I don't uh, – uh, haven't heard anything different than, you know, he's just right now, he just tough deal. It's hard to take a chance on coming back and playing at this point, but you, you, you don't know what to, have you heard, Roddy? Do you know anything else? I've not heard anything about that. Uh, we were just told at the time that uh, it doesn't look good and you know, they'll keep praying and they'll keep working with them and see what happens. Right. So it's not something you can, it's, it's, it, I go back to, uh, it was a uh, Jarvis Jones, you know, when, you have injuries like that, you or just a, a, a situation like that, you've got to be beyond careful. And some of that stuff either heals or it doesn't. And if it does heal, it heals so slow to drive you crazy. I right. remember the other story from last year, EJ Lightsey. I mean, he he recovering, he's fine. But like yeah, that that was a scary situation when that happened. Exactly, we had to wait. There's just there was no news coming out about it. You just had to wait and see what happened. Uh, Phil Rogers on Facebook, Coach, wants to know uh, about the three defensive linemen, Bear Alexander, Big Jolly, and Big Baby Hall. So asking about, um, I guess, Big Jolly. Is that Jamal Jarrett? Yes, it is. They call him yeah. Big Jolly. Well, 
we mentioned Bear Alexander just had a tremendous uh, in, in, uh, increase in productivity as the season really used uh, the coaching and and going against the better players. I mean, going against the offensive line on the scout team like he did and then moving up. Uh, Jamal Jarrett came in for the first part of uh, practice there for the bowl, and then I think he had a small uh, – uh, Surgery, I'm not sure what it was on, but uh, he, he's certainly losing weight and it's going to get down there. And he'll, he'll be a lot like uh, Bear last year, maybe not a lot in the spring, but develop in the fall. And then as far as Hall, uh, I mean, if he, play, if he plays one inch about – I don't know how to describe If he plays anything like he looks on the hoof and what I've watched on the tape uh, – Say goodnight, Gracie. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy is a war daddy. Mark it down, folks. I mean, Coach has not missed on these. He, he has not missed on these, but he says that. Carter, mean, he said that. I, Jordan I Davis. I can't take credit for that. I mean, it's pretty – I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious you can see, but uh, but sometimes you got to step out on them like Jalen Carter when he was in high school. We, we did that deal over there when we were doing the show at Champies, and I said, Dude, you know, it's going to be like a shot out of Cape Canaveral when this guy gets here. Uh, but, um, Hall is maybe not as explosive as Carter, but uh, very powerful. Well, it'll be a busy week in Athens next week, and that may impact when we do our podcast. So we're figuring those logistics out. But with a spring ball starting on Tuesday and then – I think every NFL coach should be in Athens on Wednesday, but every NFL team definitely will be and have some. Yeah, they'll have a lot of. There'll be a lot of guys over there that uh, management and coaches and scouts that uh, be be really huge day for that. uh, And you know Scott Sinclair kind of run it uh, and his staff they'll do it, and then the coaches take over a little bit. I never will forget a couple years ago when Belichick and. one of his assistants took over the linebacker drills, and and it was kind of interesting. He was out there doing linebacker drills on the same field that uh, that our coaches do, but Belichick was out there knocking it out. We got ten more questions. I don't think we'll have time to get to all of them, but let me hit. How them many? Down. Ten. Good lord! Let's go rapid fire here. We'll get some. Uh, Dallas Dog says thoughts on Nick Saban whining about the proposed schedule. Hey, he's going to whine. You know, that's just Nick just throwing it out there. But it's going to be hard to make everybody happy with that. I mean, you got to play the good teams if you're going to be the best team. And uh, it's just a way the cookie crumbles here if they play LSU and Auburn and Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee all of a sudden starting to get better. So that's okay. I'm not going to worry about Nick too much. I don't have an issue with him complaining about the teams that he's been playing for decades. Same teams. It's not like you're getting anybody new. Don't don't whine. Uh, Dog and friends had something along those lines. He said, Coach, where does Drew Bobo fit in on the offensive line? And why was Alabama lying about Bryce Young's height? Two brothers. That's, that's the way they do things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, most most people, you could say Georgia was lying about uh, – about Jones is we had him too short. I mean, he was, <laughs> that's the first guy I've ever heard that's taller in the combine, but uh, 
Almost as far as, as, uh, as, far as uh, Drew Bobo, I mean, he, he worked at guard and center during fall camp. Then he had shoulder repair. He probably won't get to do a whole lot this spring. Maybe some, but he can do a lot with uh, non-contact. But uh, he's got good feet, uh, played high school basketball. I think he'll, he'll help us in the O-line. Uh, Riley says, where does Chris Smith go in the draft? He's not that big, but he makes a lot of plays. I think his football acumen is going to help him. You know, uh, he, he'll go, uh, I would say, middle round type guy. The thing that helps him, he can cover. He played star some. He started out as a corner. He's very uh, physical. Uh, you know, people that play a lot of Tampa, too deep uh, stuff, uh, trap coverages, he, he'll be good. Uh, I think it'll be middle round for him. He looked huge. I know he didn't show it in the weight, but when we, when we interviewed him, he looked a lot bigger than he had been. The guy's been working out. Uh, 21 Dog says, where would Brock Bowers be drafted if he could have declared for this draft? First round. I mean, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> I agree. I guess he, got Mac, he was picked the Mackey Award, the best tight end in the country. He would test like – I mean, when he goes those tests, it'll be uh, – it'll be – the only thing he'll be challenged is he'll be mad. Whatever he does, he'll try to beat it on the second time. So he, he'll he be good. All right, Bridget. Two more questions, then the old coach got to leave. <laughs> uh, Kyle B says, uh, how does the Classic City Collective stack up against the other NIL groups out there? I got no idea. I would say I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I would just tell everybody. That's you're doing pretty good. We get in the players. Uh, Dane, you got any thoughts on that? It's they're structured so differently in so many different places. There's a lot of variables, so uh, we're better off to kick that to the summer and, and discuss kind of in length what that looks like. All right, last one from Carson. Uh, Carson's been on the board forever. Uh, he says, uh, when will Ernest Green be healthy? When can we expect him back? I think, uh, based on everything I've heard, he's going to be back for the spring. Uh, had a good start in the fall camp. Of course, our players talk him up. Uh, I think Green and Blasky are two good guys that we got to go with Mims to help us at tackle. So uh, another good job of recruiting here. Ernest Green will be one of the really good players for Georgia's O-line. And I'm glad you mentioned Blasky as well because uh, Broderick Jones and uh, Warren McClendon were asked about you know who takes over that other side. They both mentioned Green, but I think Blasky's going to be right in it. And as a, as a tough cookie as well. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We really appreciate all of you tuning in. We'll, as Dane said, our uh, show next week will be fluid with practice starting in NHL, uh, NFL Pro Day. Uh, so we might do it in the uh, Wednesday night. We'll have to see. But uh, anyway, shout out to Athens Forward, Your Pie, Academic Brewing Company, Dead Soxy, Prime Shrimp, and My Perfect Franchise. Uh, we appreciate all of the sponsors and we appreciate all of you watching and we would really appreciate it if you would share this with your friends and check us out on Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. So we will see you folks next week. Take care.